fell asleep in the car again Had a dream of the smell of smoke on your cardigan My name is Augie with VIP Playlist. I'm here with my co-host. Uh, what's up, guys? It's Adam. And uh, today we have a uh, musician, uh, TikToker, uh, social media influencer, I guess. Um, you want to introduce yourself and what you do? Yeah, yeah. Uh, my name is uh, Tyler Morris. I am uh, otherwise known as Tired Violence. Um, and yeah, I... I have a solo music project under the name Tired Violence um, and another band called Unsafe Unsound. Um, and yeah, I you know post goofy videos on the internet and uh, in an attempt to try to funnel people into listening to my music. Um, and <laughs> yeah, that's, that's really about it. Yeah, heck yeah, dude. I came across your videos first on GKE, Ghost Killer. Oh uh, yeah, yep. Uh, that's where I found out about it. That was like, oh, that was a while back too. Yeah. So, that's what's up, man. Uh, if you haven't checked out his videos, you can go to TikTok, Facebook, Instagram, anywhere and check them out. They're pretty funny. Uh, old scene kid videos for the elder emos, I guess. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's a uh, ghost killers. Um, they've been great. You know, um, they they were a place that I obviously admired from a distance for a long time as just a listener of music in this scene and stuff. And then, um, yeah, it, it was cool to get picked up by them, you know, very, very shortly into, I guess, like my career in Tired Violence. So, yeah, they've been yeah. good to me. So before like TikTok and everything, were you still making videos like that just on different platforms or? No. No? So Not TikTok really. Was no. Just, that was just it, right? <laughs> yeah. So what's weird is like, so growing up, like, I knew I wanted to be like an entertainer. Like I, I wanted to be like a musician. Like I really wanted to be like a rock star, you know, like when I was like a really small kid, like my first favorite band was Kiss. Um, so I always wanted to be like, you know, really nice. out there performing music and stuff. Yeah, Cause my time. dad, yeah. yeah, my dad was a musician. So um, he was a big influence on me, a big proponent of this. Um, and then, um, yeah, I just, I, I also really loved comedy. And I was a big like class clown type person and stuff like that. And, uh, you know, it got to a point where I kind of saw the shift in the music industry and <clears throat> the wave of kind of everything going like digital and whatnot. Like, you know, we went from CDs to streaming and all that. Yeah, and yeah. then I kind of, you know, was, I wouldn't say early, but kind of just on time to the like, Hey, 
I should start utilizing like TikTok. I should start utilizing Instagram, yeah. whatever. And I just, I, I hit it at the it. right time. You know? Yeah. And uh, nice. so, yeah, it, it worked out because I had just kind of started Tired Violence. And I started it because a band that I had, uh, you know, made prior, which is called Misgiving, um, it just, it kind of fell apart a bit. Um, mm-hmm. And so, I didn't really know what to do with my life after misgiving just kind of had stopped because I really wanted to keep doing music. Um, I'd kind of gotten a taste of it. I had finally broken into to my local scene and stuff like that. After a long time of trying, I'd finally, you know, uh, built up the confidence to basically try to tackle doing it on my own. And so I started tired violence and, you know, I you know started the TikTok stuff and everything and everything just kind of, worked out from there yeah well that's what's up man and uh misgiving was um how would you describe that i guess because i'm listening to it it's it's uh definitely on the lines of like like old woe is me type dude that's so funny (laughs) i think my my old guitarist would like he would love to hear that dude like uh woe is me is one of his favorite bands um and one of his biggest influences, uh, his other big influences, uh, like Moths to Flames. Gotcha. Um, okay. Okay. Oh, nice. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, he was really into that sort of stuff. And then we had another guitarist um, who uh, we picked up from for our second EP, um, who was like really big into more of like the emo post hardcore sort of stuff. Um, so, when they kind of meshed their styles together, we got this kind of like melodic metalcore sort of sound. But then me. I'm really big into like kind of blending those sort of things, you know, and, and meeting somewhere in the middle. Like my favorite band is Under Oath. And I also love bands like Seosin, Silverstein, stuff like that. Um, so I, my vocal delivery is much more, you know, on the cusp of things like those. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I think it just, uh, yeah, Misgiving is definitely, like you said, I feel like it fits that mold of a band from like the 2008, 2010 metalcore sort of era. But I feel like it almost has like a timeless sort of feel where it yeah. still kind of feels modern and it doesn't feel dated. Yes. And like the, I think the description in Spotify, it, it does it justice. It says uh, the band is often described as nostalgic yet modern. I think that's yeah very, that does it, that does it justice for sure. Yeah, yeah, I, it's, I it's a very nostalgic agree. and modern sound because, like, you you hear all of our influences, but we still tackled our songwriting and production approaches from a modern perspective. Um, yeah, so it was fun. I, nice. I love that band, honestly. I, uh, you know, our our second EP, Resolve, is one of the bodies of works that I'm the most proud of of anything I've ever done. Like I, we, we got a bunch of physical copies of CDs and I took one and bought like a frame and I actually have it framed like on nice. my wall. And like That's really cool. Because yeah, I just so- very much like that was for me kind of like my big, I don't want to say a big break or anything, but that's the EP that got me the furthest in my local scene um, yeah. and to start gaining, gaining recognition and stuff as an artist and everything. So you know, I, I owe a lot to that EP. I watched the music video. I think it was for Absolution. Absolution, yeah. Yeah. But, that was a really, really well done music video. 
Thank you. Yeah, it was yeah. done by a guy named Alex Hyder. Um, he, as far as I know, I think lives out in Atlanta now. Um, he's done some crazy good videos. Really cool guy. Um, what's funny about that video, though, is the uh, little girl in that video is actually my daughter. Oh, um, wow. And nice. we, um, we instead of hiring, like, actors and all this stuff, we were really trying to, because we were, like, a broke-ass band, dude. You know yeah, what I mean? Oh, like, yeah. we really... <laughs> A bunch of like twenty something year old dudes like trying to make it, you know. So our we paid like I think it was like a thousand bucks for the video. We all pulled together money and dude, so much stuff happened. Like our drummer got pulled over or like on the way there and like had like weed in his vehicle. Oh, but shit. like the cops like didn't do anything about it. Like they just pulled him over and he got, you know, he was okay and he like, you know, got to make it to the shoot um but we were like freaking out like what are we gonna do it's like we don't have a drawer <laughs> and um like uh we had to like empty out a bunch of beer bottles but you know for the video to like you know make it look like an addict you know in like an old cd motel room but yeah. um of course they didn't want to waste them but i don't drink and so like the drummer and the director and like you know the, the drummer's girlfriend and stuff like that they're all just like trying to like drink these like while we're trying to film um <laughs> and uh <laughs> It was just uh it was interesting. The um the drummer also hadn't really learned the song yet. Cause like to be candid, like the drums were programmed like for that yeah. album. Like uh, okay. because we just didn't have the money to do live drums. So we had gotten all those songs done and the drummer was just learning them at practices, you know, until we got to play shows. Um and so he hadn't really learned the song all the way through yet. So um yeah, like the dude really just did a good job of like, you know, his camera work to make it look like you, you couldn't really tell. He had yeah. the gist of the song and a majority of it down. So like you can't really tell. But yeah, he hadn't entirely learned it yet. Um, we don't have a bassist in the video because uh, he had unfortunately had to leave the band prior. Um, so, you know, we're missing a bassist. The walls in the uh, hotel room, quote unquote, it's not even a motel it's an office space where the director's dad worked and like he was like yeah nobody's there on saturdays so you can use this room so we cleared it out and got a bunch of like brown construction paper to stick on the walls to make it look like a cd motel room oh god that's um, awesome the bed wasn't a real bed it was two coolers with a piece of plywood on top of it and just blankets and stuff covering oh, them shit that's but that's fucking nice the coolers were empty um and my wife, she was pregnant, like, uh, with our first child at the time. And she, like, was just sitting, like, laying behind the bed, just, like, holding it so it wouldn't move during, like, the filming scene. <laughs> <laughs> um, it was it's crazy. We, we did so much stuff for that video, man. That's but, awesome. Um, all the scenes where it's dark, we, we had to film outside. And it was, like, like, freezing outside. We barely had any light. And um, there, there's a point where... Um, I had to go running somewhere, but we couldn't move because there was like a spotlight and it would have messed up the lighting. So I had to just run in place to pretend <laughs> I was running. There's a lot yeah, of like goofy yeah, behind the scenes stuff. You got it's that, the magic of filming. Good really. You think you had that them acting skills, huh? <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, man. Yeah. Um, it, was, it was fun though. You know. Uh, yeah. You know, my daughter did everything in, in one take, and you know, she she's kind of like nailed everything. Like you know, took direction really well. I think she was only like, I want to say she was like four or five at the time. So um, it just worked out really, really well. I was, you know, super stoked. But yeah. Yeah. That's so awesome, Miss Giving, 
love that project to death. Yeah, definitely go check them out for sure. If if nobody if you haven't listened to them yet, they're they're pretty sick. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. Yeah. Listen up, all you VIP peers. VIP players. Goddamn Patreon now. Game <laughs> <laughs> is so aggressive. I did. We have a Patreon now. Yeah, motherfuckers. <laughs> and a Discord. Yeah. And a YouTube. Discord. Come but join no it. webcams yet. No webcams. You can't see our beautiful face. Not yet. Yeah. Shout out to Enormous Adam on Discord. Hit him up if you need a Discord. He did a great job on ours. It looks cool. But guess what? You won't know how it looks unless you join that bitch. <laughs> <laughs> If you would, please join our Discord and our Patreon. It would be really cool of you. We would love you forever. We'd still love you forever, even if you don't. Yeah. But you join the Patreon, you're going to get stickers. stickers. You get to dehumanize me. Yes. I don't know what that means. Go look Go at the, the Patreon. Patreon, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and that's it. That's and it. Subscribe to our fucking YouTube channel. Yeah. Comment. Thank you. Review. Subscribe. We yeah, all that stuff. Do everything that you do for all the people that you love on YouTube. Do it for us, too. Yeah. Thanks. We love you. Let's get into this playlist real quick, yeah. man. Um, anything you want to name it? Um, Sure. Uh, let's name it uh, Weenie Hut Juniors. Yes. <laughs> That's <laughs> awesome. Dude, is that two, two Spongebob's? It is. Let's yeah. go. The last one was uh, Mermaid Man and, and the Barnacle, Barnacle Boys. Ball. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, hell yeah, dude. I'm so excited. I'm actually wearing SpongeBob shorts right now, too. <laughs> we're all where we're meant to be right now. Yeah. Yep. And everything's falling into place. So the first band you mentioned was Kiss. Let's let's uh let's get yeah. some Kiss on there, man. Sure, why not? Um, so I I think initially, of course. Like the, uh, probably one of the first songs that comes to mind is like Cold Gin. Like, I think that song, like, I love the guitar riff in that song. I feel like, especially for that time period, it was just kind of like an especially heavy guitar riff. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, that song's pretty cool. Heck yeah, dude. That's not one we get all the time either. So that's, that's a good mm-hmm. deep cut right there. Um, and you said your dad was really big into music. So the yeah. first couple of songs we like to put on there is like, just your first memories, man, of your parents listening to music around you, stuff like that, that yeah. showing you music. So just any other okay. artists like that? Um, yeah, actually. Um, oof, this is a really, really I, I love this actually. Um there's a song called I think it's uh Don't Close Your Eyes by a band called Kicks. K I X. That is like one song that I remember like really liking as a kid. I feel like, like a serial. someone's mentioned them before, yeah. But I could be wrong. I don't know. I don't remember. But yeah, I mean, when you do a lot of these, it's, that's it's, true. It's hard to remember everything. But yeah, that's true. Oh, yeah, dude. Kicks. Okay. So we got Kiss and Kicks. Is there yep. anything? Um, so are those both from your dad? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Is there anything like from your mom that she would show you or anything? Mm, my mom wasn't too like. I mean, she was very into music, but I wouldn't say she was very big like um very influential so much on my music taste she was more into like country and gospel and um you know like stuff like that i got Um, you i got you so so she was augie's mom yeah (laughs) yeah but i'm trying to think if there's anything that i i mean because like i would say like i liked some of that music you know but like i don't think it necessarily super influenced a lot of like what i do now yeah 
Sure. Um, All good, man. Yeah. That's where Does that what hurts the most cover came in, huh? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I will say that like that, that definitely like I mean that song was cool. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I I wouldn't say that necessarily came from her though. But yeah, yeah. I, I would say like my but do all all my like my older family on my mom's side, um, and like even on my dad's side, like there was a lot of country and stuff coming around. Like yeah. And so, um, I, I was never it. one of those people. I mean, I'm sure I was like to be edgy and try to fit in and be cool. Like, oh, I don't like country because it sucks. And I like middle, but like realistically, like I've never hated country. <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm I'm not a fan of it just because that's there's two two main forms of music where I live, and it's butt rock mm-hmm. and country, and that's it. And and it's yeah, right. It gets. Dude, I'm not gonna lie. Like, I'm gonna oh. be real with you. Like, I will. I will get down to some butt rock. I'm not yeah. even gonna lie to you. Yeah, yeah. Like I, I mean, really I, listen, I like the classics. You know, I love the classics. Yeah, and dude, an old Nickelback still slaps, dude, to this day. Yeah, all right. I mean, we're, we're cool here. It's a safe space. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> no judgments passed no, here. No judgments, man. No, I mean, 100. percent Like, I will get down to some old Nickelback songs. I'm not oh, dude, here. yeah, yeah, that shit slaps, dude. On the radio, just cruising. Oh man, yeah. Yeah, I'm not mad about it. <laughs> No, but that's literally like the only forms of music down here. We we so here we go. I'll bring this up. We did have a scene for a little bit back in like two thousand five, yes. two thousand five to like two thousand eight. I don't know if you remember the band, a band called uh, A Bullet for Pretty Boy. Yep, I do. Yeah, they're from our town. That's where we're from. Mm-hmm. Okay. And uh, we watched them probably fifteen times. Just every time they put on a show, we were there. But that was before they got yeah, signed. On the weekends. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, okay. I wanted to know, so. Our town went through a phase where all the metalcore, post-hardcore shows were thrown at a church. Was that yeah. an everywhere thing, or was that just like a here thing? So uh, there was um, it's it's not just there. Okay, okay. But um, I think that specifically um, I know like there was a big scene for it in Florida. Yeah. Um, and uh, I I would assume there's probably like a big scene for it like in the Midwest and stuff, but it's usually like in more of like the southern like states for yeah. sure yeah there was just like a hole from like 2000 i mean probably even before then but i specifically remember from around like 2003 or 2004 ish to like you know 2008 2010 somewhere around there yeah even maybe a little bit later um but like specifically this like christian post-hardcore christian metalcore boom like solid state and thank you solid records. state yeah <laughs> yeah like dude 100 percent. like i mean i was super into this like oh, i yeah. wasn't a very religious person like but my favorite band is under oath and like yeah, even right. though i you know didn't necessarily connect with like the messages of like god and stuff like that like i still it's weird to say this but it's like that sort of stuff made me feel comfortable even though i wasn't super religious you know what i mean so it's like yeah. you know i never really felt super comfortable in like churches or anything around religious people but then like the message of deliverance and stuff like that that i got from this form of music actually made me be like you know like this is kind of nice you know yeah. um and i was like yeah it, it did make me feel like you know like this is cool i can deal with this and i know some people got upset and was like oh it's too preachy i want to you know go to a show i don't want to go to a sermon or whatever but Honestly, like I kind of always appreciated it to an extent. So yeah, I think yeah. that's one that's one thing that Under Oath did really well was they were able to 
appeal to everybody, not just mm-hmm. like yeah, right. your bands like uh like Reliant K and like like MXPX and things like that who are who are appealing mm-hmm. to a certain types of Christian folks. Yeah. Where Under Oath was able to appeal to everybody, regardless if you're a Christian or not. So I th- that's one thing that they mm-hmm. did right. Yeah, I mean, I was like, I listened to them, uh, Norma Jean. Oh yeah, um, The Jean. Devil Wears Prada. Yes, uh, Attack Attack. Like it was just like all these bands. When I look at your your Spotify plays, you have your influential inspiration playlist. Yeah, and uh, one of those bands we actually saw early 2008 in a church and it's sky's airplane for that everything oh, perfect yeah. on the wrong Dude, day honestly in a they church. are one of my <laughs> biggest influences and i know they came from i think it was like fort worth Texas. yeah fort worth yeah. um yep dude i love sky that was so right before they blew up that was right before they blew up mm-hmm. and like they showed up in this like this little bitty van late as fuck they all hopped out, was like rushing to get get on stage. It was a battle of yep. the bands at a church in the mall. And uh, they got on stage and I was blown the fuck away. Dude, they're so good. Yeah, it was yeah. amazing. That was probably like one of the coolest things I've ever seen. Yeah, I love them, man. They're, they, I, I think that they're definitely like kind of like an unsung hero of that like era. Yeah, um, yeah man. Like I think that like they don't really get enough credit. Uh, I think they were super good. They like they just dropped nothing but heat like the entire time that they you know were putting out music, and mm-hmm. um, yeah, I, I just feel like they're never they. I know people talk about them, you know what I mean, and I know like people know of them, but yeah, I just not don't think nearly in enough. the conversation enough. Yeah, 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 for sure. Now it's I mean it's been a really long time though, so I guess they just kind of faded into history sort of thing yeah unfortunately not if i have anything to say <laughs> no, about same it. here same here dude. yeah Trust man me. we remember okay <laughs> there's a uh, one more thing i want to bring up and then i'll pass it back to adam but yeah. you uh you kind of fit the 2005 to 2010 stereotype and oh 100 <laughs> what i want to say about that is like you're very tiny with a very powerful voice. <laughs> <laughs> no, dude, I am. I'm like the, I am the like quintessential, like 2005 uh, like, to 2010. And I, I, say this term <laughs> I say this term lovingly because like, and, and I say it like only because uh, one of my old band members like used to describe me this way, but he was like, you are like the, the quintessential like emo twink vocalist. And like, he was right. Like I totally am. Like I, I weigh like 120 pounds. I'm five, three. Like yeah. I, you know, like I, I'm super tiny, but then yeah, I, I have like a very like big voice. So I, yeah. I, I totally fit that stereotype. I know. I remember me and Adam used to talk about it all the time. It's like, what, what's with these little bitty dudes and their all powerful the small guys fucking have voice? The ones with the powerful voices. Yeah. hundred percent, man. And it, I, I love that though. I yeah. love the fact that there was like, it gave me as somebody who didn't feel very like represented mm-hmm. or anything like that. Like it made me feel like I could identify with something that felt powerful, that felt um like it's going to sound weird to say, but like useful. Yeah. Um, Cause like, dude, like when you look at like people like me and stuff like that, like I grew, you grow up, like you're very bullied. You're very like ostracized. Like, you know, no girls really want anything to do with you for a very long time until like yeah. you, know, you start getting like mad awkward phases and stuff. Like, um, you know, you're not getting picked for sports. Uh, you know, you, you kind of end up becoming a majority of the time 
like, you know, put into, not put into, but you usually join these communities where it's like, you're either in your room, like hanging out on like online message boards or, yeah. you know, playing like Yu-Gi-Oh and Pokemon with your friends, which is literally me. Um, like I was that my entire, like, you know, childhood growing up. Hey, and so, I played Yu-Gi-Oh. Oh, <laughs> Yu-Gi-Oh is fire. Um, so like I, that was me, you know, and I wasn't very like cool or popular. I didn't really have like this huge group of friends. And it was like all of a sudden like a, a switch like flipped in like late middle school, early high school. And then all of a sudden, like, you know, I just kind of met like a, with a bunch of other people. Like I was getting mm-hmm. into the music scene more and all this stuff. And then I see all these vocalists and stuff who are these like tiny, you know, dudes who are delivering these powerful messages and making a difference in people's lives. And it was just like this, this feels like I, I could be useful for something. Yeah. Know? Yeah, for so sure, it was really man. Cool. It gives you a place like... Yeah, I, I think we can all relate to some extent. Uh, Augie and I never were performers, but it definitely gave yeah. you a space where you felt like, yo, like, I don't feel weird here. Um, yeah, at shows and everything. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, shows. And even just the friend group, like in high school, like, or whatever. Yeah. You just kind of were like, dude, everyone here is like really cool and nice. Like, no. Asshole. Everyone here is just as awkward as I am. So <laughs> yeah, it's weird though because I never, you know, saw it that like I was always very socially awkward, like very, like I tried to pretend to, like not to be, and I tried to pretend to be very confident and stuff. But you know, just like I'm sure everybody else, like I was very uncomfortable in my own skin, especially at that age. Very yeah. like you know, overthinking everything. You know, it's like I was, I'm not unique for feeling that way. I mean, no, everyone yeah. felt that way, but it was like you know, I I found a hard. I found it hard to, uh, I, I always thought people thought other things than me than what they actually did. Yeah. You know? Um, and so it was just like, Oh, like these people probably think this about me when I'm, you know, not around or whatever. They probably talk this about me. And it was like, it wasn't until I got older that I realized like, no one is doing that. Like no one freaking cares. To, yeah. You know what I mean? Like I'm not occupying these people's, you know, brain when I'm not around. Like they have their own lives, their own thoughts, their own whatever. Um, as I, in a weird way, I felt very like worthless and self-conscious, but at the same time, almost like egotistical to believe that like people would be thinking about me that much. Yeah. No. Yeah, for sure. I feel you. That, that that's high school was a weird place, man. I I don't oh, remember 100%. a lot of it, but I was asleep. Like 90% <laughs> horrible. Of it. Yeah. Horrible. Yeah. Yeah. But as it did, the scene like was just like music was really important to me, like my whole life. And yeah. once I got into this genre of music specifically, um, I don't know, something just fell into place and something just clicked. And, yeah. you know, I, even if I didn't feel comfortable around other people or I didn't feel like, you know, I could trust people or, or whatever it was like, I felt like comfortable like in this music and like I felt like it made me feel whole and complete and stuff. So yeah, yeah see I mean, that's that's what forged our friendship, Augie. Before yeah. anything, before we then before anything, you know, yeah, it was music. We started getting to know each other, of course. But yeah, that's kind of how we got linked up. But anyways, go ahead. Yeah, I was just gonna say I am extremely thankful because shortly after, like when a bullet for Pretty Boy got signed, they did a, a signing show down here and mm-hmm. they brought in Emery to to headline mm-hmm. that show oh emory's so good yeah and like right after that happened it disappeared the entire music scene but i was already out of high school when that happened so 
Yeah. I am extremely thankful for that short, like five years span of like being yeah. able to go to local shows, even if none of the bands ever went anywhere. Like, yeah, it was still a place to to like because I don't think the kids nowadays around here have that. They don't have the shows that me and Adam had. Yeah, yeah. Like if they want to well, go to a show, yeah. right now, man. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Everything's yeah. different to the extent of like, yeah, um, you're the way we consume music back then was so different. Yeah, really yeah. Way that you know. Uh, the way, and I'm not, and I, I don't mean to say this like, oh, kids these days don't appreciate it, but I sure. think we had a different level of appreciation for it, or we just appreciated it in a different way. You know, yeah. like we were actively like, you know, it wasn't as accessible. And, yeah, yeah, like it was, but it wasn't. If yeah, that makes we were sense. on like LimeWire and, and MySpace and all these things. We were tracking out all these underground bands, and everything. And yeah, now, you had like, to borrow CDs from your friends, and then like, yeah. they gave them back, like, <laughs> yeah, or maybe Dude. they broke your your copy of, uh, yeah, you know, the Devil's Prada, yeah, um, destroying that, family computers with like viruses, yeah, um, bro, yeah. But it, it was just like a different time period, and like now I can open up TikTok and scroll through and see, you know, five different uh like underground artists that have you know very small followings and like a very short time period um and uh you know they have a level a different level of production a different level of like uh you know like ease of access to recording like all this other stuff so it's it's gonna sound weird to say this and i, I don't want to sound like too like boomerish or whatever but it's like i feel like there was a a level of like craftsmanship and like passion and stuff like that like that came from these almost like garage band esque yeah. like sort of groups that I feel like doesn't I'm not gonna say doesn't exist, but is like a, a minority now yeah. in in like, you know, the this space of, of music creation and stuff like that. And I, you know, more of these people just kind of can put together something and craft it and just throw it out really quick. Yeah. I think more people are trying to and I don't want to use the term manufacture, but almost like mass produce singles to yeah. just keep pumping content out as fast as they can um yeah it, get seems, uh, it seems yeah. different i think it's i think yeah. i think it's like the the amount so like i don't know if there was this many bands when we were mm -hmm. growing up like local bands or whatever when we were growing up mm -hmm. but i know there is a lot of bands now there's a lot of music to listen to it's like i I think it's even easier, and I, I this might be the dumbest thing I've ever said, but I feel like yeah. even the tools used to write, record, yeah, like mm -hmm. it's just that's just way more accessible than it was back. Then. Like back yeah, then, like, you actually had to yeah. like, you know, find put somebody some who knew real how to do this shit, money yeah. Into this shit. <laughs> yeah, or yeah, no, you're sounding so like ass. Now, yeah. Yeah. dude, you have like, FL Studios could, in Ableton, and yeah, you can just do whatever. Fucking GarageBand uh, on your phone on iPhones, yeah, yeah. It's everything just, it's so accessible now. Are so yeah. much more accessible. The yeah, which is great videos of how you can just learn how to do it all on your yeah. own, probably if you wanted to. Yeah, you know, if you're and so I want to make sure that like I want to make sure that I'm not. I, I don't want to sound like I'm trying to like dump on it because honestly, I think no, it's wonderful. Course. No, that it is like, wonderful. Yeah, so many, so many people have this access, and so many but, artists. Can, with can that access, it. with that access, it does become that much more saturated. Yeah, saturated in the market, and that's what like yeah. that's what I kind of hope to do because we we one thing that we like to do for for every artist is like near the end of the episodes, we always ask them like, is there any like friends bands or you know anything like anything yeah. that you're listening to currently that may not be as popular, 
And that's mm-hmm. kind of the goal of this is to find those bands who are putting in the effort, putting in the work that deserve to get the notice, you know, and that's what I, I hope to achieve yeah. is to help people find those bands that, that deserve to get noticed. So for sure. Yeah. Because really like cool. it is, it's an oversaturated market for sure. And you, you can get caught mm-hmm. up in the display of like TikToks and everything like that. And yeah. yeah you know get into routines and but i want to help people find like decent music and decent artists that you know deserve it so well one thing that i think you guys are doing that's different that i think is really cool is this whole playlist building it's like you know it's an experience you sit down you shoot the shit and you build a playlist and i think it's really cool and i think that's one thing that kind of sets you apart from other um podcasts and yeah. i think that's great because just the same way that music is an overset chaturanger market at an oversaturated market so are podcasts oh, like yeah, anybody sure, and, yeah. you know their their brother like says like oh, oh dude like we should make a podcast bro and yeah. like it's you know and there's nothing wrong with that but it just becomes like how do you compete how do you set yourself apart mm-hmm. how do you you know and, yeah. and it comes down to like you know marketing and all this other stuff and you know i, I don't know what you guys do for for marketing or whatever i, I don't suck know if you're at marketing taking yeah we suck at that <laughs> so we, suck we can talk about it. that at, yeah. at a different time period because like i like not to like plug or whatever but like i i also am i run a business outside of all this stuff okay with, uh, my business partner uh ricky who is my bandmate and on safe on sound um we have a business called the comma between because our band name is unsafe comma unsound. Yeah, there's just a comma between the words and we didn't know what to call our business. So I jokingly was like, what if we call it the comma between? And he was like, I don't hate it. And so we just That'll did work. that. Nice. Um, so, That's awesome. Yeah. So, um, yeah, what we do is we, you know, ghostwrite for people, produce stuff, um, you know, mix and master, like all that stuff. We also have a like part of our company that is dedicated to, basically helping people navigate marketing and social media and just kind of understanding what corners of the market they need to be in, how to kind of push themselves to get out there more and basically just how to, uh, it's just kind of like a crash course in in understanding what it means to market yourself. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And and to just to kind of like give you some key points and how you could possibly tackle this and maybe maximize your reach and uh, potentially hook more people. So with me and Adam, our marketing strategy is relationships. So we just build good relationships with all the bands we interview and I share their stuff. But like me and Adam are both very like socially anxious. We have social anxiety. Like I can sit and talk. Yeah, dude. And like, it's so hard to like, just put yourself out there like that, especially Mm -hmm. for, for me and Adam. Uh, So we just, we just try to build relationships with our, with our listeners and with, um, the bands we interview and that's kind of yeah. what we're doing. It's working. I mean, we're, we've grown exponentially in the last year. Yeah. We've been doing this for about a year and bands. Yeah. Bands will come on and they'll have a good time and then they'll refer us to other bands and yeah, it's pretty much. It's yeah. been, no, I think it's really cool. Um, there's actually working. somebody I would like to introduce you guys to who is also a big, big proponent of trying to grow the scene and uh, basically push underground artists. So yeah. I'm definitely like to like have you guys link up. He has his own bands too, so maybe you guys could you know have. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. We, yeah. we don't turn down anybody. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's working, Augie. Yeah. It's working. Yes, yes. No, but what's, <laughs> what's really good though is like going to him. Going to him would give you guys like an unlimited supply of like underground bands. Yeah, yes. He has like yeah. a, a Facebook <laughs> chat that's nothing but 
members of underground. Are you talking about? Like, I know who you're talking we, about. I know who you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're talking about so, uh, shit. Um, oh, um, I know his name, but I just it, I just fucking blanked on it because I'm I'm part of that. I think um, Ryan. Yeah, Ryan. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, yeah, me and yeah, Ryan are real cool. Needs, we yeah, actually started our cool, podcast man. at the same time. <laughs> So I started this podcast oh, and started the demo team at the exact same time, yeah. like a week apart. And we That's just crazy. Yeah, we hit it off and we we talk uh we talk every now and then. He he's busy right now with you know band and starting another yeah. podcast and stuff like that. But yeah, he's really dope. I, I I love Ryan. Yeah, honestly, uh he is definitely somebody who I think you you guys should just hit up and just be like, yo, yeah. like, do you have any artists that we could, you know, look into? Because like yeah. he's he's definitely good at that. And then also um, I, I can talk to uh, you know Zach from Ghost Killer and stuff like that. And, oh yeah, dude, um, that would be you sick, know man. see if there are any artists on the on his label that would want to uh, to hop on or whatever. Yeah, it was, see, we've done we've done quite a few like I would consider them big. I mean, it, it, when you're yeah. listening to this genre, like thirty forty thousand monthly listeners is huge for this genre. Yeah. Like yeah, like but we've done like dwellings and we've done like uh, the ongoing concept is probably like my most beloved one because I, I grew up listening to that band and i love them so much but we've done a few like and i'm also like three years ago i did like um i did a bunch of good ones a couple years ago i did like joe <laughs> joe arrington the joe oh, yeah. for um a lot like birds a lot like birds yeah yeah the drummer, the drummer for that band i've done like uh i gotta find out these playlists there's so many yeah i did broadway I did misha camacho from broadway that was sick oh that's sick dude. i love broadway yeah dude he was so fucking nice man like he talked my ear off for like two hours you did but nick Moore. i did nick Moore from I mean, uh, before their eyes. eyes yeah so i did i've done a few yeah, like dude. you know bigger ones and stuff like that and like um, I've it. also done a lot, a lot of really cool bands, like underground bands, and I've gotten to watch them grow to like, I think, dude, uh, I did, I met a Yeti three years ago and they just hit like a hundred thousand monthly listeners. Nice. Yeah. And when I first, hit them so up, they were at like 15,000 monthly listeners maybe. And they just hit a hundred thousand. Nice. I was like, dude, that's, yeah, that's sick, always man. cool to see. Yeah. Yeah. Just watching them grow. It, it has been really cool. So I mean, it's it's it that has its perks, sick. you know. It has its perks from a lot of these bands, you know. And uh, oh, uh, we also did um the new member of the Cowboys, Dan. Oh yeah, that was a nice. Yeah, they're they're definitely like killing it. Yeah, they really are. So we've done we've done a lot, but I've also done a lot of like smaller bands who I absolutely adore. They they just they grind so hard and they put in so much good work and make really good mm-hmm. music. So yeah, yeah, a hundred percent. Did we have any though that did we want to get any of the I mean I know we mentioned a lot of bands we want to get them on the playlist? Sure. Okay. Uh is there anything specific? Um yeah, Augie. We can start anything? with Under Earth. Or just keep moving. Okay. Yeah, okay, Under Earth. Um so let's see, band or songs or like one or two, how many uh, you know, many you are, dude. Yeah. Oh man. Uh, <laughs> Uh, don't yeah. Oh, we'll um, cut you off. I think. Yeah, yeah. It's we'll, not, think it's too crazy. Just like their whole discography, it's fine. Um, no, drag and drop um, on me. Yeah, I think for me, obviously, um, I, I got into them in their only chasing safety era. Um, yeah. but I think my favorite song was one that actually ended up being a bonus track, uh, from their their Japan release and wasn't on the English album. It's a, I've got 10 friends yes. and a crowbar that says you ain't going to do Jack was my yeah. favorite song off that album. That was a good song. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, I'll do one more. Um, 
because my favorite album from them is Define the Great Line. Absolutely. Um, and obviously, Writing on the Walls is uh, what most people uh, would pick. But I'm going <laughs> to pick uh, Everyone Looks So Good From Here. Yeah, man. That that album. I like. Yeah, that's a great one. Not not including the two EPs, but they dropped They're Only Chasing Safety, and it was good. It was great. Yes. And then they dropped yeah. to Find the Great Line, and it was it was literally life-changing. <laughs> yeah, no, that, like, honestly, so it's so funny how I kind of got into all this. So, like, my, my, like, gateway, I guess, into, like, all of this stuff, and I'm going to use the term gateway loosely because, like, I feel like it was kind of a bridge from, like, you know, the – you know, like I was listening to like eighties rock and metal and stuff like that, you know, for the most part with my dad and then, you know, like my uncles and stuff got into like the two thousands, like, you know, like new metal and stuff. And then I found Lincoln park, of course. And Lincoln park was like life changing for me. Um, so, you know, really got super into Lincoln park. Um, and then like, a friend of mine was also big into them, but he was like a skater type of dude. And, uh, you know, he was around like a lot of other people who were into like, you know, the emo scene at that time. And yeah, it just kind of evolved from there. He he gave me a copy of, uh, if only you were lonely by Hawthorne Heights. Oh, nice. Um, and yeah, that was kind of it for me. Like, you know, just, that and um and uh they're only chasing safety i got those two albums from him and uh he also gave me this like demo victory Records sampler dvd those were the um, best that came, yeah mm-hmm. that came with if only you were lonely i think and uh he was like yeah just watch the music videos on this and then i found bands like aiden um silverstein uh four letter lie you know all the like yeah. sort of stuff so um yeah, I, I was like a big like Victory Records head for a little bit. Like loved all those bands. Yeah, and um, yeah, I don't think I like, I just kind of cycled out. If only you were lonely, and they're only chasing safety for like months. Yeah, like, just only those two albums. I love so, them so much. My uh, my introduction to the scene was like I was big into like the Perfect Circle and shit, like Tool, mm-hmm. Perfect Circle, like you know. Um, all the, the the good the good stuff you know Lincoln Park too of mm-hmm. course System of Down stuff like that and uh, my brother bought a DVD one time it was the um, the Mayor de Gnomes DVD right okay from a perfect circle and in there he's explaining the lyrics to Judith and we were really religious growing up <laughs> okay and my mom walked in when he was explaining the fuck your lord your Christ lyric. And she heard that and she like oh, no. freaked out and they ended up breaking all of my CDs. And I was like, what the fuck? This is bullshit. So they were like, I was like, fine, you know what? I'm going to find the heaviest Christian music I can listen to. And then I found well, the chariot. <laughs> oh, the yeah, chariot. Norma Jean. The yeah. chariot yeah. was my like first love. I love them so much. And then Norma Jean. And then it just kind of like progressed from there, you know, under oath and, but the chariot was yeah. like my first love, and then I got into Under Oath and Norma Jean and Devil's Prada and all that stuff later. But it was kind yeah, of a, actually, a spiteful thing. That's how I got into the scene. Was out of spite. <laughs> <laughs> I listen to like David De La Ho's like so often, dude. Yes, that song. That song is so like, hard, dude. Dude, it's like 
perfect. I love that. Yeah, song. I just yeah. loved how just chaotic the chariot was. There was like they're ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. The, there was no rhyme, rhythm, and any of that shit. It was just pure chaos, constant. I love it so much. <laughs> but uh, let's let's get some Lincoln Park on here, man. I really fell in love with them. Uh, I think my favorite album from them. It's very hard to pick just like one but uh obviously i got into them during the like hybrid theory meteora era yeah. um and uh, it's gonna be really hard to pick one song let's pick lying from you from meteora i think the guitar riff to that song is just heavy and love it yeah and then um hawthorne hides Ooh, uh hawthorne heights uh it would be from if only you were lonely um I know people love the silence of black and white, like, but if only you were lonely is you know definitely my my love from them. Yeah. Um and let's do Dead in the Water. Yeah, that's the one I had the silence in black and white. I bought that one on like my seventeenth birthday, I think. Yeah, I mean everyone loves that song. Everyone loves Ohio is for lovers. You know, I feel like yeah. that's the, the obvious choice, but um yeah, I'm trying to go for like some deep cuts and stuff gotcha, like that. Yeah. So my playlist doesn't Hell just yeah. end up being all of the usual. Yeah, Silverstein. Oh, Silverstein. Uh, so I have a hard time trying to decide if um, I like discovering the waterfront or when broken is easily fixed more. I you I, can pick one off of each if you want. <laughs> all right, I will do. I will do. Oh man, <laughs> this is the hardest thing. Um, I think I'm going to end up going a little bit like conventional here. I think I'll do bleeds no more from when broken is easily fixed. There's a specific reason why. Uh, and then I will do, I'll do always and never from discovering the waterfront. All right. Those were some amazing albums too. Both of those. Oh yeah. I actually love the like auto tune section in the bridge and bleeds no more. <laughs> yeah. Four letter lie. Ooh, four letter lie. Um, That's not one we get all the time. That's why I wanted to do that one. So, dude, I love them. They're so sick. Um, I, I will say, I think what a terrible thing to say was a better album than "Let Your Body Take Over." And let's do. I'll do "Cake Eater" from that. All right. That song goes hard. First of all, I really appreciate your Smoshes and Fuff sort of. Uh, yes. video you put out, dude. Oh, the that, little cover thing I did today. Yeah, uh, that, yeah. That song um is on my phone to this day and I it puts me in a particular place and time when I yeah hear that song. So uh yeah, dude, shout I that love, out real quick. I love I set my friends on fire so yeah. much. They yeah, were we'll, another like really big one for me. We'll we'll get them on the on the playlist for sure. But I guess I'm interested to know, man, if, if you have any sort of hot takes, musical hot takes. Oh, okay. Hmm. Um, I will say that there's one hot take I do have, and I don't know how many people will like understand it or whatever, but um, Armor for Sleep is actually one of my favorite bands of all time. And their album, um, Smile for the Camera, was like, uh, not like a critical failure, but a lot of people just like didn't like that album. And I yeah. actually think it's great. Yeah, I think it's an awesome album, and uh, I think it kind of just gets like dumped on for not being what to do when you are dead, yeah. which a lot of people think is their best album. But if I'm honest, I actually like Dream to Make Believe more than I like What to Do When You Are Dead. Yeah, 
I think That's it was the, interesting, man. I think, was, I think it was, it was the whole like concept, uh, like, cause if I'm being honest, I wasn't really introduced to concept albums until that album to what to do when you're dead. Mm, okay. And I think uh, a lot of people have the same, yeah, I think a lot of people have the same, probably the same thought process that I have is like, that was their introduction to concept albums. It, like, yeah, a hundred percent. Yeah. And I, that's probably, and it's hard to top because every song flows so well together and it, and it yeah. piggybacks off the song prior, mm-hmm. you know? And I think yeah, that I was think the reasoning perfect. that, that, smile for the camera didn't get the praise that it deserved is because people yeah. were still you know awestruck by what they did with what to do in your dad no it's a perfect album don't get me wrong yeah. and smile for your camera i do I smile for the camera i i don't think it's as bad as people made it out to no yeah for sure absolutely i i think i think it just got overshadowed is is 100%. you know and that's it is what it is you know but and the, their new album the rain museum is also a um concept album and honestly I, I i know a lot of people are like you know honestly it it feels like the safe you know it feels like a safe choice it doesn't feel like they you know really step too far outside the box and i'm gonna be honest like i kind of agree with that but that being said i actually listened to the album kind of like on repeat when it came out and the first time i listened to it i was like there's a couple standout tracks it's okay and then the more i listened to it the more i was like you know this album's actually really good like and it just yeah. kind of took me a couple listens to really like let it sink in and i think that's a big problem with a lot of people now with music like yeah. i think it was like jay-z or something said something along the lines of like you can't review an album in a day but like all these you know news places like in, in, or whatever are either getting the albums early or whatever to put a review out on day one or something like that but at the same time like too many people are either only listening to singles because yep. we're way overstimulated because as we talked about before it's an oversaturated market and you know the, the albums aren't getting these look at spotify specifically when you look at an artist's like play count on songs it's like ridiculous how low some of the album, like, and, and I get it. The single is always going to get played more, but yeah. certain songs in the album are just like super low play count. Yeah. And certain ones are like way up there. Um, and I don't know. It's just, it's kind of, to me, like I used to buy and listen to, and once again, I'm not trying to be like boomer moment or anything, but um, I just don't think albums as a whole get the appreciation anymore. I used to buy albums and listen to them like, all the way through and like multiple yeah. times you yeah know? and i just don't think that happens as much anymore and i, I think could that's be wrong. yeah no i think i think you're right I, I, you can't and and doing this this podcast i've noticed two things one thing is is that like later like like albums that came out when i were when i was young by bands i may not know like, like mcr is a perfect example right so like yeah they had two three solid albums come out when I was young and I love those albums. I don't know anything after those albums that was put out. Right. right, What are the three? Hold on. What are the three that you love? Because we might might have to fight. All right. The three that I love (laughs) are, uh, I have to go look them up. I I mean, of course, three cheers. for You brought me your bullets. Yes. You you brought brought me your bullets, bullets, three cheers and then the black parade, which black parade. I really didn't like it too much, you know, but doing this podcast, we actually interviewed somebody who was really young. Their introduction to Michael Romance was Danger Days. 
That's what they See, were. I don't like Ginger Days. Yeah, I don't either. But they did. So like doing this makes me realize that like even though I didn't know the album came out or listened to it or anything, like it doesn't mean that nobody did, you know, like people listened yeah. to it and people loved it. And that's kind of where I'm like understanding now. And then yeah. another thing is you can't form an opinion off of one listen. No. Because I'll throw like at the end of the month, we do these song reviews and I'll throw just a bunch of random, um, uh, like we have a lot of, of artists in here and yeah. some of these songs, like I listen to the, the playlist like over and over again and some of the songs like grow on me and I'm like, you know what? The first time I listened to it, I didn't like it. Now that's actually yep. a really good fucking song, you know? No, that was the point. Yeah. That was definitely like yeah. kind of headed towards is like, you can't do that. Like I, I listened yeah. to that album, like, and I was like, honestly, like it's the, the songs didn't stick out to me. A couple of them I just didn't really vibe with the first time. And then all of a sudden, like the more I listened to that, where I was like, you know, this is actually good. And I started yeah. hearing certain nuances and certain things. And and honestly, it could be just the day you listen to it on or the mood you're in when you listen. There's so many factors that determine, yeah. you know, how you feel about something. And so I don't know. It's like I used to do the same thing with albums as a kid. Like I would listen to maybe a couple seconds of a song, you know, and be like, I'm not really feeling this one. Let's skip it. And then one day I would just be like, you know, I'm just going to let it play. And then I'll, I'll hear something in it and be like, Hey, this is actually kind of cool. And then I'd be like, why didn't I give this a shot before? You know? Yeah. Um, yeah, for sure. So it, I think it just happens the same way. Yeah. So, uh, I do think that like, and I'm guilty of it too. Like, you know, I think everybody is like, I'm, I don't know if it's because I quote unquote value my time more or I'm just, you know, overstimulated or, or whatever it may be, but I'm not giving certain things like enough time. Yeah. And mm-hmm. um, I don't know. And, and so I've been trying to do that more lately um, and, and trying to get back into, you know, older habits in, in appreciating things or whatever, or, you know, um, and I think that that's a big thing for me right now is like, I think there are so many either albums or whatever it is that either get like overshadowed, like we had talked about before yeah. because there's a certain expectation and it just doesn't get like the love or whatever that it deserves for not being something else. Yeah, for sure, dude. Absolutely. And that me and Adam are definitely album dudes. I love an album. I love a good album. Yeah, yeah. I listen to an I album. Mean- Another hot take though is three cheers is better than black bread. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. I completely agree with that. <laughs> and then, like, I'm, once again, I'm guilty of, and I'm, I'm a being a hypocrite here. I only listened to danger days once and I didn't like it, you know, but at yeah. the same time, like I knew that MCR was drastically shifting and trying to separate themselves from what they used to be. Yes. And I liked what they used to be, and I wasn't really vibing with what they became. And um, now as an adult, I've gone back and tried to listen to Danger Days because uh, my wife was like an MCR fan, and we were talking about it, and I was like, no, Danger Days was trash. And she was like, it wasn't that bad. And I went back and listened to it, and I think like even as an adult, I was like, nah, man, it's still trash. <laughs> like, yeah. I, I, just, I, I didn't vibe with it. I, I did find maybe one or two songs that I was like, you know, these are okay. But a majority of it, I was like, I can't. But I think it's also, and I could be wrong, I think it's also a concept album too. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, you know, Black Parade was a concept album. And I actually, I think Three Cheers to an extent uh, is a concept. Um, but I just, 
I don't know. I just wasn't vibing with that one yeah. as, as much. I, I, I've got a I've got a hot take too about one of the biggest overshadowing moments in the, in Ooh, the early two okay. thousands. It's uh, uh, a fever you can't sweat out was in in my opinion. I'm probably gonna get shit on so hard. Adam Adam will probably back me up on this though. A fever you can't sweat out was much better than from under the court tree. <laughs> Yes. Oh, for, oh, wow. easily, easy. Dude. And I feel exactly. like that. I feel like that album got way overshadowed. That album. Now, listen, just, I, I love from under preface. the court tree. So hold on, hold on, wait, wait. But from under the court tree, that, that's follow. Yes. Boy versus pen. Yes. So you're saying that you think that Fallout Boys from under the court tree did better than a fever you can't sweat out. It did. It did do better. It was a better album. I think the fever was no, a but, better but album. No, but you think fever yes. was a better album? Absolutely, absolutely. Correct. You know what's funny? I, I do agree with you. <laughs> yes, yes. I do agree. <laughs> no, that's, that's I do agree. That, that's I'm gonna preface this. That's one of that. Like we're gonna next month, we're gonna talk about our top five no skip albums. Yeah, fever you can't okay. sort out zero skips. Uh, zero skips all the way through. Yep, it's it on my list. And yeah, from under the cork tree has dance dance on it. That song sucks shit. You know uh, what? That's fair. Uh, you know, I'm not. I'm not gonna like. I won't say it's like shit. No, 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 dude. Dance, I, dance is probably the worst I, fucking I, song ever. I get it. I get it. <laughs> I really love it. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'll say this. I'll say this though. Like for real, like Sugar We're Going Down, like did something to me as a kid. Like yes, hearing it for yes. the first time, like there was just this. It, it evoked a certain feeling for me that even as an adult, when I hear that song, I still get that feeling. Oh, absolutely. And it very much like hits me in a certain way. And yeah. I think that like that for me is like the highlight. Whereas like if I listen to, or if I go back to listen to um, a fever, you can't sweat out. Like I can't pick like, you know, and be like, yeah. Oh, this is the highlight or this is the best song. Like, I mean, I will say that like time to dance was like probably one of my like highlight tracks like but that's because i i'm a big like synth person and yeah of course like there's that synth line in the song and all that stuff and but i actually funny enough that we're talking about this album got a copy of fever from a friend it was the same friend who gave me the hawthorne heights and, and under earth album he gave me a bunch of albums uh but he would just download all the songs or burn like a copy of the cd but he didn't have a, a, a real physical of that one so he had downloaded all the songs gave me a copy of it and it had demo versions of i think Kamisato, was it that one or oh, i can't remember it might have been nails for breakfast tags for snacks um but it had demo versions of like three tracks and i know time to dance was one of them and so i listened to that copy of that cd like incessantly and then eventually got a real copy of the album um and the songs were different yeah. Like either the structure was different or like one of them was just entirely different in the way it was recorded, the way it was sung, the way it was structured. And it threw me off so hard. Uh, cause I was like, this is not the way I've heard this for years. Yeah. yeah. So mm-hmm. it was That's interesting. Crazy. I mean, and the it was, lyrics it was in, in of it. a few can't sweat. Oh, dude, the lyrics in a few can't sweat are just unmatched, bro. Yeah. Just, it's a great album. Oh, yeah. I love that it album. Is. Give me your favorite song. Uh, it's definitely one of like, <laughs> oof. Uh, so yeah, Time to Dance is probably my favorite. Yeah, it's Time to Dance. Time yeah. to Dance. Yeah. Yeah. If, if my life one. depended on it and someone put a gun to my head and was like, you got to spit a whole album, that's the one. I'll be oh, like, yeah, 100%, dude. I got it, dude. I'm going to live this one. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's a good one. Uh, That one for sure. 
uh, actually me and once again, uh, going back to my friend who uh, was in misgiving with me, we did a cover of uh, Time to Dance for TikTok a while back. Oh, oh nice. Yeah. yeah, for sure. That's awesome. Yeah. That's a good album, man. But We, we were going to do a full thing, but uh, we just like hadn't gotten around to it. But I, I, I do want to actually do a full cover of that at some point. Yeah. All right, man. So we are we've got some some little bit of post hardcore on here, a little bit of a little bit of you know panic. <laughs> what what got you into? Yeah. Like, you said your dad was a musician. Was he very like? Um, was yeah. he supportive of you playing instruments and things of that nature? It's weird, man. It's a it's a weird dynamic because my dad he was very young when I was born, and so like, and I say this with just all due respect like it's nothing against my dad like we're, we're actually very close yeah. but he was very immature when i was growing up um and and we've we've talked about it we've acknowledged it like everything's good we're, we're fine now but we butted heads a lot as i started getting older and i think we're just too similar yeah. uh, personality wise but yet we're also very different in viewpoints and so my dad was very bitter with the music industry um because mm-hmm. he was a musician he was a drummer he was in a punk band, though he didn't like punk music, but he stayed in the band because he recognized the potential, and they were just a very tight band. There were a three-piece called Hanging Out with Jane, and uh, yeah, he was. they were playing these clubs, you know, they were getting scouted, all this stuff, and then like grunge took over and kind of just destroyed the scene and kind of ruined his opportunity to an extent because they didn't want to conform and become a grunge band. So yeah. they were kind of just no longer marketable. Um, and, and so he became very bitter with the music industry and just kind of stopped appreciating and loving music past a certain era. And I yeah. think he just got very comfortable with that. And so when I started branching off and getting into my own genres and stuff like that, that kind of, you know, diverged from like what he was into like he became honestly like a lot less supportive and um Mm. yeah but i will say this like he is very supportive now like he's he's definitely like you know chilled out like you know kind of gotten over all of that and um it's just in you know a much better place like much more mature much you know more level-headed and stuff like that and so um, yeah, he's very supportive of what I do now, but there was a time period where it was kind of awkward and he wasn't exactly like, it almost seemed like he was working against me instead of being supportive and trying to like be a, a big proponent for you know, you. my interest and success for a little bit, but no, for, for, for getting me into it a hundred percent. Um, and then when I kind of just started doing my own thing, it kind of just got a little weird for a bit, but yeah, now once again he's very much like very supportive again. So yeah. it's cool. Is he the like the reason he learned how to play instruments? Yeah, he is actually. Um just kind of being around him, um, I you know, just riding in the car, I was just a very like I guess like vocal kid and stuff like that. Um and just started singing, just riding along in the car with him and stuff like that. And he was a drummer and so you know, um I would just kind of like play his drum set and stuff like that. And I was very interested in drums at like a, a very young age and picked up, you know, learning that stuff. And then um, as we kind of moved around and stuff, we got into places where we just didn't have the space and, or like um, the allowance for noise for drums yeah. and stuff. So mm-hmm. 
he you know started like buying guitars and stuff like that so there were just guitars around the house and i started picking those up and kind of teaching myself how to play those so yeah i mean honestly it's really because of him that i you know whether directly or indirectly um you know had a love for music and interest in it and the tools around to kind of foster that yeah so yeah that's awesome definitely owe a lot to him there yeah Hell yeah, dude. That's awesome, man. We, I wish I would have learned to play an instrument. <laughs> it's never too yeah. late, man. That's what I hear. That's what I hear. <laughs> it's hard. Especially to make time now. For we it. talked about it. Dude, we talked about it, though. It, it is it's more accessible now than it's ever been. It really is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It really and is. And even cheap instruments have skyrocketed in quality in comparison to what yeah. they were oh, yeah. years ago. I, I don't oh, remember yeah. who it was. And it may have been. I don't know. I remember there was like an old head talking, like an old like yeah. like eighties band talking. Some dude, like guitarist, talking about how like kids nowadays have it so easy because they can just like look on YouTube and figure out how to do what I learned myself. And it's like it doesn't mean they have it easy because it's still hard to learn. Like you're like you just didn't have yeah. anybody to teach you, so of course you taught yourself. The, it's the, definitely they still easier have to now. practice their craft and like get yeah. good at it. You know, like. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's kind of a dumb argument to make. Like, I mean, they're, they're sitting there practicing hours and hours and hours. It's not like they're just like watching the video and immediately getting it down. Right. You know? <laughs> like, no, and I, I, I see, I see his point to an extent where it is like, it's more accessible, but like, what's crazy is like, why is he bitter about that? Yeah. yeah. Upset about it. There's a lot you of people know, like, that do that. You should just be happy. No, that, you gotta like, struggle like he did. All right? Some people <laughs> have that mindset. They're like, if I did it, everyone else should do it. Cause it's good. Yeah, it's I just like, dude, don't... look at that. All this fucking unchecked trauma you're dealing with right yeah is it's it's like the idea of like you know back in my day i walked you know uphill in the snow both ways yeah, whatever. yeah. Like, it's like the the idea is that that like i thought the idea was that we were supposed to be kind of going through our own struggles and stuff like that mm-hmm. so that way the next generation yeah, would have a better place it. right exactly so it's like to to say that like we succeeded in living it uh, or making things easier and a better place for the next generation and i'm bitter about that seems really odd yeah like like, dude be happy that more kids will have the accessibility so that way they can foster that interest and they don't get the resent it's like a resentment thing they they probably are like oh if i could have had it is easy i'd be the next you know whatever and it's like yeah you know, i'm sure you would old man millions of dollars that you've earned and go to a couple therapy sessions my guy like yeah <laughs> like eat your brand flakes chill out right. like Take honestly like fish oil <laughs> it's, it's crazy but like honestly it's like it's great because to me it like I know so many people gave up on music because it wasn't accessible. They didn't have anyone to teach them. Um, mm-hmm. You know, they didn't have the money for this or, or whatever it may be. And it's like so many more musicians are coming out. And we talked about it, like the, the market's getting more saturated, but because so many people are able to foster that passion so yeah. much easier and are able to like create and, and all of this other stuff. And I love that. Like I, you know, I'm not, I, I hope I never become one of those people that yeah. is listening to music, you know, in 
20 years from now and is like, all oh, this music sucks. And back in my day, we had crab core. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I, I don't want to be one of those dudes because like, like I, I want to see where things go. And, and honestly, I am a little like disturbed and a little like weirded out by like the whole AI making music thing. That is um, a little weird, yeah. yeah, but and it's weird. Like uh, Billy Corgan of uh, the Smashing Pumpkins said something uh, interesting, and I, and I don't want to like I, I'm going to be paraphrasing. I don't want to quote him, but he said like you know the AI itself like is basically just like another tool, and essentially it's like you know it's just kind of making things more efficient because I as an artist basically was just emulating everything that I heard from other artists in order to create something. And it took me hundreds or thousands of hours to craft things. Whereas somebody else is just feeding this AI a bunch of influences and it's just crafting something. So all it's doing is just basically being more efficient in doing what I did. You know, it's taking this and, and using it as inspiration to make something the same way that I basically ripped off everyone else to create something. And he's he's not wrong. Yeah, Um, he's not wrong. So it's like, it's just one of those things where I do think that, you know, a human had to create the AI. So when people are saying it's lacking a human element, it wouldn't exist without a human. So I don't think it's necessarily lacking a human element. And on top of that, it is doing everything a human would do just at a more efficient pace. And and he said specifically, uh, art is about discernment. And it's about basically just kind of, you know, discerning what you believe is to be good or what you believe is to be art and what you believe is to be not. And and obviously holding on to and creating what you believe is art. And you still have that discernment when the AI creates something, you can decide whether or not it is good or bad or whether or not it's something you're using. So it's weird because like, obviously a part of me wants to be like, no, it's, it's not okay because you know, a human didn't make it or whatever, but like, I don't know, man. Like, it's it's a weird line to tread. Yeah. And I know the Grammys apparently have said, like, if AI uh, created the music, like, it can no longer be eligible for a Grammy. Yeah. Um, but uh, I don't know. It's a weird line to tread, and I see both sides of it. I'm not sure where I stand on I it I mean, yet. I think art is, is meant to inspire. And if you look at, like, yeah. like – we talked about this the other day on the on the podcast is like dave grohl stole all of his drum beats from nirvana yep. from old like funk bands like he was inspired by those bands and he took what he knew and he and he used them in a different way and art is meant to inspire and like i, I know ed sheeran just got caught up in that big ass lawsuit and he literally said if he lost a lawsuit he'd never make another fucking song again because well, yeah if they're not going to allow him to be inspired by something, then what's the fucking point? And I agree with that. I agree with that. Like when you make a piece of art for everyone to listen to, you are trying to inspire. I mean, I get like money and everything like that, but at the end of the day, that person was inspired by something you made. And I think that is the biggest form of flattery. Yeah. A person can receive that. I made something that somebody felt obligated to, be inspired by and and want to create something from that yeah no i, I would agree man it's it's just kind of crazy and so yeah but as far as um, ai doing it i don't know where i stand on that either so <laughs> it's hard it's hard like and that's what i'm saying like you know certain people can make arguments for it that you know i, I try to remain really open-minded in like everything now because like yeah. you know obviously i've seen what being closed-minded is like i've seen how it affects people you know whatever um and so just in everything i do 
that doesn't mean I don't have conviction to my beliefs, but that doesn't mean that I can't, you know, admit that I'm wrong. Yeah. Because like, you know, I, I could be convicted to a belief and then someone could come around and be like, Hey, like, you know, even though you stand for this, have you thought about it this way? And I'll say, you know what? No, I haven't. And like, you know, maybe I should, you know, consider that. And so when it comes to this AI thing, I'm very much like just trying to consider everything. Um, like, and I, I can't necessarily say I have a conviction yet to anything because I don't really know enough about it. Um, I don't really know how people are using it, anything, but I will say in, in maybe I'm hypocritical in some way, shape or form for this. Uh, and if so, like, fuck me, I guess. But um, the people who are taking artists voices and using like, you know, making beats or whatever, or using AI to make beats and then taking that artist's voice to uh, place it on like a beat or whatever to make it seem like this artist performed or wrote the song that doesn't sit very well. With me. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Like I've seen people do it with like Kurt Cobain. It's like, not only is the dude not around to like defend himself, yeah. um, but in a weird way, it's going to sound strange. I don't know if this can fall under like the idea of parody, nor do I know if it can fall under the idea of like a, um, like an, an impression or an imitation. Yeah. The AI yeah. is essentially just doing an impression. So, you know, what is the difference between somebody doing an impression or an imitation of Kurt Cobain and then also trying to sing like him over it and saying like, well, this is what it would sound like if Kurt Cobain did this. Is yeah. there really any difference between the two yeah um i think it's too early to kind of tell like yeah it's too early to kind of i mean you can make your opinions on it and everything but it's yeah it's it's so hard to to tell where because like you said you know is it an impression is it what is it you know yeah it's hard man it's hard to and once again this just comes down to that discernment and and you know whatever it may be like are you creating it with the intent to inspire because then if you are yeah is it art yeah. Um, so it's hard man it's really hard art is so subjective and I all think, this stuff is just kind of crazy man like at the end of the day you're always going to have people who do you know take advantage of it and use it in the <laughs> wrong way but you're also yeah. going to have people who are just trying to use it in a way to benefit themselves and like make something cool yeah and it's hard to you know the people who take advantage of it and, and fuck it up for everybody that's <laughs> intent is important dude intent is very important and so it's just very strange to me uh that we're kind of living in this time period where something is you know uh, as crazy as artificial intelligence is so easily accessible to people you know what i mean yeah bro it seemed like that shit happened so fast but i know they've been working on this for for decades but it just mm-hmm. it rolled out so fucking fast it does seem like, like this overnight all of a sudden everybody had access to it yeah yeah it's crazy it's, it is nuts man what does tired violence mean and tell us a little bit about your writing process man i mean I know tired violence is yeah. literally the name of an under oath documentary oh nice uh, yep it is uh is the name of an under oath documentary it was um kind of just depicting um basically what their life was like in the band um post uh aaron gillespie you know leaving um yeah you know and doing their their album disambiguation and stuff and it was basically just kind of about the band wrapping it up and about to call it quits and stop being a band for a bit um and it was a very powerful documentary uh, as somebody who was such a big fan mm-hmm. um and 
I don't know what they meant by the phrase, but for me, the phrase felt really powerful and I kind of had assigned like my own meaning to it personally. So I'm, I'm very vocal about mental health issues. You know, um, I, you know, have some diagnoses, um, that I have been, I guess, given or assigned or whatever you want to say by a medical health professional that I didn't necessarily understand mm-hmm. um, for for a bit. I knew I had struggled with things and, it, and getting the diagnosis didn't really like change who I was because I was right. still the same person regardless of having the label or not. But it makes stuff um, maybe it makes sense. Kind of. Yeah. It's like, it's, yeah. in a weird way, it was more like a W for me, you know, because I'm like, yeah. it's not an L that I got labeled this way. It's like, now I know more about myself. I can, I can find, you know, like, like I can find help now and stuff like that. But yeah, I had kind awesome. of just been given this idea that this phrase had kind of like sat with me. To me, it's kind of like, I'm tired and I'm fighting regardless of the fact that I'm tired of fighting my hardest. Mm-hmm. like like i i you know i have to wake up you know i have three kids so yeah. i have to be a dad and you know i'm married so you know uh regardless of what people tell you relationships are work and, and they yes, should you know they work out you know what i mean but you know you still have to coexist with somebody and you know it's there's no such thing as like a perfect relationship you know what i mean like it's yeah just, it's no yeah, there it's, isn't you know and and you know you can find somebody that is you know uh like perfect for you quote unquote you know what i mean where you know you guys right. align and all this other stuff and you guys can work together 100 percent. but that's the thing is you guys have to work together yes um and so you know i have to you know obviously work together with my wife and you know which makes things easier at times but there are struggles and so it's that, you know, and, and the kids and everything. And then like dealing with the kind of like mental health issues that I have and stuff like that. And they kind of just peaked really hard at a very specific point. And that was around the time where misgiving was going down the drain and stuff like that. And I was trying to come up with an idea for like a solo project and, you know, uh, just the phrase tired violence kind of like came up and, you know, I was like, yeah, I'm just going to use that. Like, you know, no disrespect to under oath or whatever, you know, but it was just like this, the phrase really sat with me. And I was like, I feel like this is perfect because a lot of the music that I write is very much about these mental health struggles and stuff like that. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, going through the lyricism and stuff like that, like a lot of them are depicting this sort of thing. Um, and yeah, so that's kind of just, it's really just me a lot of the time singing about kind of just my struggle, I guess. And, you yeah. know, it's a, it's just for an outlet for me, you know, a way to kind of just work through things and get it out. But um, yeah. putting it out to Everybody the public, one, yeah, sure. putting it out to the public for me was more so kind of like how you would talk about like inspiring people. And, and it's not that I want to inspire people to create as much as I want to inspire people to make change or, or whatever it may be. Um, or yeah. to, you know, I, it's just a, the same thing that we talked about earlier. It's that representation thing, that feeling like you're not alone, you know, and I know that's cliche and corny and whatever, but it is that like, just when you hear something that feels like it was written for you, like yeah. it gives you that certain feeling. And Absolutely. that's what define the great line was for me was like, I felt like some of that was written for me at that time a little bit later in my life you know when i revisited the album not that i really stopped listening to it but i I listened to it at a very specific point in my life and i was like 
this hits very differently right now. Yeah, um, I think Spencer does. He's he's even with that disambiguation album. I listen to some of those. Great. I listen to some of those songs, and and Spencer's lyrics are just spot on, man. Like, "Define the Great yeah. Line" was probably one of their darkest albums to yeah. date, and his lyrics in that you could tell he was just going through it, and and I respect that a lot about him. You know, as somebody yeah. who also struggles with like mental health shit as well. Mm-hmm. You know, three kids, same. And, yeah. and a wife it's it is hard to mm-hmm. do shit some days <laughs> yeah man but, yeah. so i mean that's just kind of what it's about yeah so um, but spencer's lyrics are are spot on man he, he yeah, was very influenced by him yeah 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 for sure dude the, the, the just disambiguation man like the the shit i don't even remember the name of the song but the i lay in a better resistance chain to yep. your side yeah god yep. dude, that song is so sick it's like, so good, dude. Yeah, man. That album actually really surprised me because I thought it was going to be shit without Aaron. I really did. Dude, another hot take, though. Another hot take. That album is fire. And that album people is are just, so good. People are just upset because Aaron isn't on it. Yes. And, like, honestly, stop being a child and actually listen to it. Listen because, to like, it. It's so good. Like, don't, it really is. Don't fit because, like, Aaron's not there. Like, dude, dude, Daniel Davidson is such a good drummer. And yeah. I don't think anybody could have like replaced Aaron. Like, like nobody can replace him, quote unquote. You know what I mean? Like, he's a very yes. he's a very important element to the band. But the album is still good without him. And Spencer did a great job of stepping into that role of just being the primary and only vocalist. But even mm-hmm. outside of that, like, I think Daniel Davidson was the perfect replacement for Aaron because his drumming style is also like a little unconventional. And you know, he's just a great dude. And honestly. No, no disrespect to Aaron, but I think Daniel's a better drummer than him. Daniel <laughs> Davidson is a fucking legend, dude. Yeah. Well, Aaron's got a lot going on. You know, he's got the clean vocal he's got to do. He can't yeah. really focus on the drumming. And whereas even Daniel outside of that, just, even outside yeah. of that, Daniel, I think hands down is just a better drummer. Like, yeah. I, and I, I mean, it's, it's nothing against him. I think Aaron, you know, has his own talents and he probably does other stuff better. Like, he's probably a better singer than him. You know what I mean? But like, yeah. solely just based on drumming ability, I think Daniel takes it. Yeah, we're just getting hot takes all over the place tonight. Right, yeah. <laughs> Aaron's one of my biggest influences too, so it's no disrespect yeah. to him. It's just, it is what it is. No, yeah, I was I was pleasantly surprised with that album. It's definitely like for sure, give it a listen. Anybody out there, like it's it's a great album. Honestly, like it's it's a single on the album and everything, but the song "Paper Lung" like really got me through like a very tough time. Yeah, like I love that album. Yeah. That's that's awesome, man. Yeah, that's that's really cool where your name comes from and stuff like that. I'm definitely like a big advocate for for therapy. I think everybody can benefit, even if you're not going through anything or whatever. I think everybody can benefit from from therapy. Yeah, man. Just having someone to talk to that's like an objective, like third party. Um, yeah, it's just important, man. Like they, like going to someone in a non judgmental, like safe environment where like. You know, they are just like a third party. They're not present like in your everyday life and hang out yeah. with all your friends and know your family or anything. It's just somebody who can be objective and sit down and, you know, based on what you're telling them, you know, kind of absorb your recounts and, and kind of let you know is a big thing for me is like, do not go to therapy. And I don't mean this in a rude way, but don't go to therapy if you're not prepared to be honest. Yes. Right. You cannot get the help that you need if you're good, like if you're looking for somebody to just like 
basically tell you you're justified in your actions so that way you can feel right. better about yourself even though you're the problem don't don't go to a therapist looking for that because realistically yeah. you need to be honest with them so you can get things resolved yes, i'm not telling yeah. people not to go to therapy but it's just like that's not what it's about no yeah and another thing is that i, I kind of stress too is like if the first therapist that you see isn't a match for you just keep trying because you have, I mean, you know go to another one and and find the one that's that fits you that that's yeah good i went for through you. three yeah yeah, yeah. I, like I, I finally found one that like just you know worked pretty well with me and stuff like that but the first two that i saw like were not like dude there was one i was seeing and i'm not even kidding i, I kind of asked them a question about something they responded in an odd way i kind of like kind of reiterated it was kind of like are you sure because something kind of seems a little weird about this and they kind of like put down their like pen and everything and kind of like like in frustration uh, basically and then like looked over at their wall and pointed at it and they were like do you see these degrees on the wall i think yeah. i know what i'm talking about and i literally just got up and walked out <laughs> and i was like whoa like you're not gonna be a dick to me bro right yeah yeah, dude. And that's, that's, I think a lot of people get discouraged because they go to one therapist and they, they, it doesn't work out. And so they stop trying, but just keep mm -hmm. trying and find the one that's right for you. Yeah, dude. I mean, like the second there. dude, the second dude I went to see, like, wasn't keeping up with my life at all. I would go in, he wouldn't even look me in the eye. He would just be kind of looking at like basically my chart essentially and just reading off things from there. But like he would never update that chart. So he would yeah. ask me about old jobs that I didn't have anymore. Ask <laughs> me like about my wife when I was never married and all this stuff like at the time. And like I just like stopped going to see him because I was like, he's not listening to me. He's yeah. like, I'm going in there waiting in his waiting room for like an hour to talk to him like for like 15 minutes for him to just say like, all right, we'll keep taking your meds. And I was like, this isn't working. And then so yeah. I went to go see a third one after years of kind of what you guys said, like just giving up on it. And I finally was like, I need help. Like I need to see somebody. I, I found this dude um, who I got like uh, kind of referred to by like a doctor at the time. And uh, I was not, I was like apprehensive about it, super apprehensive. And he came and got me from the waiting room and I sat down and he was like, so how are we feeling today? You know what I mean? Like it's our first meeting. Like tell me what's going through your head right now. Cause you seem a bit like uneasy. And I was like, um, and like before I could even answer, he was just like, hold on, let me guess. And I was like, oh, okay. And he was like, oh, fuck, another therapist. And I was like, <laughs> oh, shit. Like, and I was like, dude, just drop the F-bomb, like, so casually. And I was just like, kind of, yeah, that's pretty much what I'm feeling right now. And then he was like, yeah, you probably think that I'm, like, you know, basically, like, not going to pay attention and, like, I'm going to be, like, a fucking dickhead and all this other stuff. And I was like – all right, I think we're cool here. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, yeah, he just, that's great. He could already tell, like, immediately just kind of how I was feeling um, just by, like, looking at me. So he was just – he's good at his job. He's a great dude. You know, um, he's kind of helped me in times where, like, I didn't want to admit that I was the problem and all this other stuff and kind of just, like, dude, like, let's be objective. Let's be real. Like, let's get, get down to brass tacks here, essentially. And – you know, kind of forced me to admit like, you know, where I was wrong and stuff in certain instances and kind of pushed me to become a better person to where like, I don't think like that anymore. And, you know, like going to see him and, you know, like just the accountability from other people in my life, like my wife and stuff like that has just really transformed like how I think about like everything. So yeah, definitely I, 
that's it's, awesome, it's a good thing to have for sure for sure that's awesome dude hell yeah yeah let's uh let's get a few more artists on here man um yeah is there anything that you're currently listening to that you really enjoy Ooh, um there's a band called soul keeper it's all one word uh and they have a song called gorgeous which like is freaking ridiculous <laughs> you you guys talked about norma jean and stuff and i don't know oh yeah if you guys know but there's um the singer um started a, a band called orphan twin it's all oh, one word yeah like, i think i've heard of it yeah, yeah. I've heard yeah. Of it. i haven't i don't i'm not sure i've listened to it yeah and uh he they have a song called headphones or die that like was on repeat for a little bit when it dropped is that Corey? yeah, yeah. Corey brandon yep. god that dude he needs to calm down dude i know bro <laughs> <laughs> he's like i've been doing this for 20 years what else yeah, can i do another right. band another band yeah, dude, he's he's uh I mean he also has his uh project Hundred Sons. Um and uh that one was also a pretty sick project. But uh as far as like influence stuff goes, I mean I set my friends on fire, we talked about that. Yeah, let's do that. Yeah, man. oh yeah, we didn't get yeah. that. Put it on. Oh, you could honestly like just like not nothing against you guys, but I've been like writing down artists that we've kind of brought up casually as we've been talking. Oh yeah, yeah, um, that's perfect. So that way, like, oh yeah, yeah no, something. absolutely. Obviously, uh, there you can't spell slaughter without laughter. Album is uh, that's for me like a no skips album. Yes, um, it is. It and is. I don't want to pick the like obvious choice, so let's pick. Oh, I don't know if this is the obvious choice. No, this one's le- le- less popular. So, uh, WTF WJD. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. That's that's a good one. I like that one a lot. Uh, Sky Eats Airplane was another yeah, one. Let's go. Oh, yeah, let's go. Huge one for me. We don't get that um, a lot. We I'm don't. We don't. That. Yeah. Yeah, dude. See, look, I'm so unique. Really. <laughs> um, uh, everything too. perfect on the wrong day for me. Yeah, dude, yeah. 100%. Uh, <laughs> I, everything perfect on the wrong day, I think, for me, is like my favorite album from them. Um, yeah. It's it's just a classic. It's hard to pick one song off of it. Yeah, uh, I will say, let's do honest hitchhikers asking for cash handouts. Yeah, that that, that, uh, that was such a good album. That was so like unique for its time as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. I would do so. I actually like as we talk about this. I know I keep going like just random directions, but uh, good. I was really big in the Nintendo core scene. Yes, me too. Uh, like super big into it, dude. Um, and so. That's another like big influence of mine. Um, Seosin, uh, I think we brought them up at some point. Um, I think yeah. we were talking about like misgiving and stuff like that. But yeah, I was really, really into them. Uh, the Beatle album to me is like another no skips. It's peak. Like, mm-hmm. I just think it's an amazing album. Um, For sure. If I have to pick one song off of that one, I mean, I know everyone loves voices, but I think I'm gonna go with. I, I know it's, I'll go with bury your head. <laughs> um, I was going to go with some sense of security, but like, honestly, bury your head's like so good. And then armor for sleep is another one. Let's do wanderers guild. I was going to say Nintendo core. We've talked about this a few times on the show and it's like how it just like died suddenly. Yeah, <sighs> no. So let's, I'm going to be real with you guys. The Nintendo core scene is still alive. It is just very underground. Uh, I'm in like a couple like Facebook groups and stuff yeah. like that, like for Nintendo core, but like, I'm not very active on Facebook. I'm gonna be real. Like, out, like I don't really do social media outside of posting like 
on like, you know, my TikTok or whatever, or like my Facebook band page or Instagram. Like I don't like social media Same. at all. Same. Um, so I don't, I don't like, I'm not active on it, but like I got invited to some of these groups and I was like, Oh, like, you know, this will be a way for me to like, you know, keep up with Nintendo, Nintendo core bands or whatever. But yeah, I was super into that scene. I know there's one of them that I really like. It's called uh, thought crime. Okay. They're really good. Yeah. Uh, for me, it was like, like obviously horse, the band is like the big, you know, yeah. one or whatever, like a hundred well, dead rabbits. They're they're like a cyber grind, which I assume is similar to Nintendo. Yeah, Core. Dude, uh, so cyber grind is like that for me was the thing. Like cyber grind slash Nintendo Core was like yeah. that. Like that was I was listening to nothing but that for like a long time. Yeah, thought crime um, is like they have a song and it's like a minute and thirty seconds long, and I was like, dude, I heard that song and I was like, I want this song to be fucking longer because it's so goddamn good. <laughs> dude, I feel you. Like I I love that like, era though. Like it was god that era like i it it was a huge for me so yeah yeah um i think if i had to pick like a nintendo core artist like i am error slash monomate because it was like the same dude he just changed his name later like for me is probably like what i think is like quote quote like peak nintendo core or whatever if i had it's trash like it's terribly recorded and stuff like that but um those are my favorite I, dude yeah dude, like, really, like bad like yeah yeah uh he has an album called trout yogurt that i like oh. i just got a vinyl for it because like it was like a super limited release and dude all right so this is how awful i am with stuff like this but like i the vinyl was only like 25 or 30 dollars or something like that but like they there's a company that does like really limited run pressings of like uh, like Cyber Grind and Nintendo Core Bands. They're called Wax Vessel. The dude who runs it's kind of a dick. Um, like, just flat out. Like, I, I got into a huge argument with him on Facebook one time. Like, just in, like, DMs. Because, like, he, like, straight up tried to, like, gaslight me and everything. Like, I don't even care. Like, I'll put this out there. Like, whatever. Like, he he was just, like, really rude to me when all I did was just try to ask him a question. And then, like, just, like, it, it got really bad. And then he tried to, like, gaslight me. And it got really awkward. And finally, I, I just, like, you know, he finally just stopped responding to me. Like, I was was probably just being annoying at that point, but I was like so heated over it, but they dropped a pressing of trout yogurt by I am error. And like, it was a remastered pressing. Like all the songs have been entirely like, you know, like cleaned up and everything. And I was like, I need this. This album was so big to me and I was so excited. And then um, what ended up happening was like, it was a time zone issue. And I had even Googled it, dude. I'm not gonna lie. And I was like, what time zone is this? And like, I, I someone told me it was like only two hours difference, like, like it was some website. So I was like, yeah. okay, cool. Turned out it was, or they told me it was like three hours and it turned out to be two hours or something like that. I was an hour late essentially. And I missed Damn. out because like only like a certain amount of pressings were made. And uh, I was so bummed out. And what sucks is wax vessel pressing since it's such like a niche community and so underground their resale value is like ridiculously high. Yeah. Like one person selling one for a thousand dollars. Wow. Um, and I would just happen to be on like discogs, like cause I'll collect vinyl here and there. Like I'm not super like crazy about it unless like there's an album I really need, you know? Um, and 
I happened to find that dude had just posted one and they go really quick because yeah. the community is like really, so like he posted it immediately. Like I spent $300 on this one. God dang. Like, I, I was mean, just like, no, I'm doing it. <laughs> I, I sampled like a song or two and, and that's like right on my alley. I love that shit. Yeah, dude. Forest of Felatio. <laughs> yeah, dude. <laughs> There's like a, like a little breakdown in midway through it. That shit's sick, dude. Dude, see, you already know. Yeah. Ooh, yeah I, let's get a song from them on here, man. Um, Let's do Fuck Your Sanctuary, I'm Heading for a Bomb Shelter. All right. Yeah, I, I love the guitar in that song. Uh, And then, is there any, like, homies or friends or anything like that, like, like that you want to shout out and throw on here? Um, sure. Let's see. I have some friends in a band called Revenant. It's spelled R-V-N-T. They're they're a local band from out here, and uh, yeah, they're they're pretty sick. I want to say the song is called Home. Yeah, Home. Yeah, it came out in 2018. That song's pretty sick. And then another local band that's pretty good is a uh, Set for Tomorrow, and they have a song called Clipping My Wings that I think the chorus to is like pretty sick. I was gonna ask you if you wanted yeah. to throw a misgiving song on here. Sure. Um, honestly, I'm, I'm I know it's the single, but I'm really, really proud of Absolution. I think that song's okay. High. Yeah, that song's uh, it's really good. Yeah, it is. It, it's it's really sick. <laughs> Thanks, man. And then uh, unsafe, unsound. Do you want to throw one of those songs on here as well? Yeah, yeah. Ooh, let's see. We'll do Lost. That that one's cool. Is there, is, are y'all going to be making any more music for that? Yep, we are. So um, we took a little bit of a break and it wasn't intentional. Oh, dude, we have 56,000 monthly listeners. Let's go. Um, <laughs> just, I didn't even know. I haven't checked in so long, dude. I, I just like, I, I put it down for a bit and intentionally stopped looking. So that's not like a, like, like humble brag or anything. No, like, yeah, so yeah. Like, like, I just, I'm genuinely surprised because like we put it down because we had like, a hundred and like thirty thousand at one point or whatever when we dropped what hurts the most because it went like mad viral yeah. like like it has over like three it's like a three, three and a half million, million yeah so, yeah so like it went nuts and you look at the rest of our songs and like oh dude what what hurts the most 2.0 was the remix of it. it's got three hundred thousand lost is you know lost is coming up on 200k of those so i'm actually kind of proud of that one but so me and ricky met on tiktok right and like I never met this dude before. It was so funny because like I saw his content and was like, dude, this guy is so good. Like I love his vibe. He's into the same sort of music. And then he would see my content and feel the same way. But neither one of us, like we were too awkward to reach out to each other. <laughs> so like we were just watching each other's content back and forth and being like, dang, like I would love to work with that dude. And then like I did a Seosin cover. And he didn't see it, but he finally commented, like, dude, we should do a cover of Voices. And I was like, oh, I already did. And he thought I was just, like, like kind of letting him down, like, easily, being like, hey, man, sorry, I already covered it. Anyway, but no, I, I wanted to work with him on something else. So then I hit him up and was like, I saw he was doing a cover of, I think it might have been, like, Thank You Next or something like that by Ariana Grande. And I hit him up. I was like, yo, you should let me do vocals for it. And he was like, oh, I already found another vocalist. And I was like, oh, okay. So I thought like that was his way of letting me down. So it was so funny because these things kept happening. And then like he did a cover of Lonely by Justin Bieber and it blew up. 
and he didn't have a vocalist for it. And I, I got in early and was like, yo, if you don't send me that so we can finally work together. And he was like, all right, cool. And uh, yeah, so we did. And it's not listed under Unsafe Unsound because we hadn't named uh, a band or anything yet. It's on the Tired Violence page. So we got in together. It did really well. And we just kind of kept working together from there. It just it felt right. The workflow was super good. You know, we, we got along really well. And then like, we just kept writing and we put together a couple songs and then we were finally like, I think this is a thing. Like, let's name it. Let's, you know, put out a song. And Lost was actually like the third song we wrote, but the first song we released. Oh. Um, and that one's very, very special to me. It was honestly written at like a pretty low point in my life. So like when I go back and listen to it, it's really weird because it's almost like this, out of body like weird retrospective sort of experience because it's just like i hear like my delivery and stuff and i see the things that i'm saying and i'm just kind of like wow like i was not okay um but <laughs> like like dude it's it's rough like but like also in a weird way when i hear it i'm very proud of it and it's like the first song we ever put out together and i love it because it's like that was our start you know like other yeah. than like that was our start as unsafe on sound, you know, not as just Ricky and, and tired violence working together. So lost is both like very hard to listen to in a, in a way, but like it also gives me this feeling of like nostalgia and comfort and like pride. So it's a very weird mixed bag when I listen to it, but yeah, I, I am, I love that song so much. Um, Anyway, uh, to answer your question, yes, I, I deviated again. I'm so bad about that. <laughs> You're but good, dude. You're we, good. We took a break because Ricky got really involved in working with Taylor Acorn, who's another uh, you know, artist who I, I think, don't get me wrong, but like uh, got very popular on um, TikTok. Yeah. And so um, she got really popular and she reached out to him and was like, yo, I need a touring guitarist. And he was like, got you. And so he was just on tour. And what's so crazy is we were getting ready to like release an EP and then he got busy. So we just kind of put EP release on hold, but then he ended up touring for like months and like, didn't really have like a big break, but he's coming home finally for like an extended period of time. I think tomorrow he might actually, he might be coming home tonight. He'll be home. I think tomorrow. Yeah. And, um, that's it, man. Like That's awesome. we're going to sit down, we're going to plan our release and there is a whole unsafe unsound EP coming out. Heck yeah. That's awesome. Dude. I'd work with her too. A million monthly listeners, bro. Let's go. That's sick, yeah. dude. That's, yeah, that's going to be like an opportunity of a lifetime, man. Yeah. That's why he's been so busy and it's not, you know, I mean, I, I, there's no ill will. I'm not like, no, yeah, yeah. Genius. It's like, I'm super proud of him. I'm super stoked. It's like, you know, this is only good for us by association, like as for a business sure. and as like, you know, other artists who, you know, it's like, if you know Taylor Acorn, you may also know, you know what I mean? Yeah. So um, this is just good for us, man, in, in every way, shape or form. Yeah. And Unsafe Unsound was like, it was just kind of a thing that we started out of a, a mutual respect, a mutual love for the same thing, a mutual like, you know, influences and stuff like that. And it just, our chemistry just clicked really well. But it's also an internet project. Like he lives in Tennessee now. He lived in Pennsylvania when we first started and I live in Virginia. 
we've literally met in person one time. Damn. We, Damn. we, we hung out for like a week, shot a music video. It wasn't even a whole week. It was like a couple of days. Shot a music video, and then that's it. We've done everything else through phone calls and emails and everything else. That's really cool. It's so, the postal service vibes, man. Yeah, dude. <laughs> and so it's just like I love that dude to death, though. He's like, it's weird, man. Like when you meet somebody that like you can just click with like that. Um, like distance doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, and like, like it's somebody who I like trust with my life, and I've met the dude one time. Like we literally sh- share a bank account and a business and all this other shit together. Like Damn. we're in a LLC, you know? And it's yeah. like, I've met the dude once. <laughs> wow. That's sick. Dude. Like, that's really cool, man. That you meet somebody so genuine. Yeah, man. He's, he's a great dude. He's one of the nicest people I've ever met. Like one of the most like sincere and like compassionate and caring people. Like, and he's such a hard worker, dude. Like, I don't know. It just, it worked out so well. And he motivates me to, you know, be better and vice versa. So, you know, we, we always talk about how we have this weird yin and yang where like all the things that he's good at are the things that like I, I need help in and all the things that I'm good at are, are, you know, are the areas he's lacking. in. So it's like it, we always balance each other out. And it's like when he's doing good, I might not necessarily be doing great, but then he'll be like, man, I'm on the downswing. And I'm like, dude, I'm killing it right now, you know? So it's, it always just works out to where we're always in one way or another, like furthering each other's development. Yeah. Well, hell yeah, so, dude. It's great. I, I, uh, I threw the cardigan song on here. That'll be the first song on this playlist. Oh, thanks man. Is there another tired violent song you want to close this thing out with? Ooh. Um, <laughs> good question. Let me check the discography real quick. <laughs> um, there I am. Um, yeah, so I think let's do – I'm having a hard time deciding between existence and a bitter pill. <laughs> Let, you know what? Let's do a bitter pill. Let's do it. Okay. Screw it. All right. And Adam, you want to get the last song and all that stuff? Yeah, man. So let us know the last song you listened to. If you use Spotify, you know how to do that, right? Yep, I do. Let me go ahead and check real quick. I am on PC, not mobile right now, and I usually listen on mobile. Excuse me one sec. Yeah, it is a little Um, different on PC. It is. Yeah, it's a little different. Uh, uh, December by 100 Sons. Nice. Sweet. Uh, Shout out your social media handles um, for all the listeners so they can go check you out and listen to all your great music. Oh, thanks, man. Uh, yeah, so um, in most places, I am at Tired Violence Band. Uh, if you don't find me there, you can also just look up at Tired Violence. Uh, you know, I am on, you know, YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok. Um, yeah, you can find me on all those, and I'm on all the streaming platforms like Apple Music, Spotify, um, you know, amazon title whatever you may listen to so yeah definitely uh give me a shot and uh, i'm not sure if you play shows or anything like that um so not currently uh it's something that i may do in the future but as of right now uh, i'm not playing any shows uh there's okay. nothing planned man we really greatly appreciate your time i know we didn't like hit a lot of songs on the playlist but oh, we you're had some great conversation man and For sure. uh, yeah we greatly appreciate you giving us your time, dude. 
dude no worries honestly um yeah i i'm not really sure like what i could have like added to the playlist or oh, anything yeah, yeah. Um, but 100 <laughs> percent, i am um, yeah, I had a great time, like just chilling, talking, and everything. And uh, yeah, awesome, dude. Yeah, man. yeah, if you wanted to get like unsafe on sound with Ricky, just let us know, man. Y'all, you're, you're welcome back anytime, dude. And we don't yeah, always sure. make a playlist when we have yeah. reoccurring guests. We just shoot the shit. So absolutely, yeah, no, it's cool. Honestly, I'm sure Ricky would uh would definitely have a lot of fun uh, making an unsafe, unsound like band playlist. So no, it, it could oh, be cool. Yeah. All right, sweet man. Well, awesome, dude. Thank you, man. And I know it's late, and we appreciate you, dude. Yes, sir. Oh, no worries. Yeah. I appreciate it, man. You have a good night, dude. You too, man. Thank you. Uh, Thanks, dude. Later. Yeah, later.